Hello, all you slut enthusiasts, fellow sluts and perverts. Welcome to the Slut Next Door podcast, and I am your slut next door. I am a taboo phone sex operator, audio porn creator, and just an overall slut who wants to talk about being a slut, kinks, fetishes, and all the dirty things that hide inside of our heads. Today, I am joined by a lovely couple that goes by Saffermaster and Lady Petra, who are a 24-7 total power exchange couple who keep unlocking new kink levels in their own kinky universe. I want to take a moment to thank my Patreon producers, Robert, Moondogger, Hale, Murdercube, BR, Brent, Sarb, Patrick, and Landon. Your support is appreciated. Do you want to support your favorite slut next door? Check out patreon.com slash the slut next door. One of the benefits of becoming a Patreon is hearing the uncensored after hours bonus episode. And this week, I'm posting an audio where I remember fondly the times I've been spanked. And that one time I actually had an orgasm just from spanking and no touching. So here's the episode. All right. I am joined by Saffermaster and Lady Petra. And I got Saffermaster's permission to use an introduction from his vet life that I really thought was great to kind of introduce them. So to quote, he says, I'm a lucky fella. I have a beautiful, powerful, and very sexy collared slut in my life. I have seen her. She is very sexy, by the way. We live in a 24-7 total power exchange. I am a sensual, sadistic Epicurean, and she is a heavy impact masochist and my service sub. We are switches. And I serve my mistress as her submissive sissy slut. So welcome, you guys. (laughs) Yes. And I recently um, was a guest on their podcast named The Kinky Cocktail Hour. Um, And I had such a great time and just had to have them on the slut next door. Well, we appreciate Um, that. You were were great on the pod. And we we had you on. It aired on Monday, which is yesterday. mm And they can listen in um, just on any podcast platform. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So I was excited to have you guys because I know other people will be as well. I am very intrigued by your 24-7 total power exchange dynamic. So we're going to dive into that. But first, I would like to ask you guys how long you've been together. Uh, We're together since we very first started chatting almost five years to the day Mm. we actually met in person about three months after we started talking and we actually began our dynamic about six months after that so we're about four and a half years into our dynamic but five years of knowing each other wonderful and how did you guys meet oh (laughs) <laughs> There's a story with this. Um, 
I went uh, hunting on um, FetLife for something. Um, I wasn't 100% sure. I had already been playing online with an online dominant. And so I knew that I was interested in the kinky type of dynamic. Um, I also identified as a submissive at the time and felt that that's the route I wanted to go. So I basically, you know, if anyone had a dick pic, they were automatically off my list. I would, um, I'm very meticulous. So I started at the A's and I looked in the general uh, area that I live, which is the greater Seattle area and just look for dominance. Um, and I would read their profiles and if they were, um, uninteresting or just, uh, gauche, they were checked off my list. So a very, very, very short list, to be honest, nothing that was anything, um, memorable because what I was doing was if they were of interest, I would message them in a very general way, not like a hookup, but just to message them to find out how they'd respond and most fell through the cracks because they just were, you know, unclassy. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I was doing this like for days on end after work, just days, hours and hours of this and um, somewhat like a machine. And then, you know, I got to F or something like that. And I was just really disheartened that is this what it's all about? There's just these there's nobody out there that's of interest. And. I decided to start, go to Z for some reason and go backwards. Well, Z is a crazy letter because it already doesn't have, people pick Z as a profile for a reason. I figured that out. So I started skipping letters like skip X, skip Y, you know, and I happened to get to S and Saffir's SA, luckily, because I was really at this point almost ready to leave the site. Like I was like, there's no one here. Um, And I, interesting enough, chose, um, FetLife to, to go hunt for someone versus Tinder or any of the other dating websites. Um, I was very specific about what I was looking for. And then when I landed on Saffir's page, he had written in a, in his about this, um, what he was looking for. Yeah. I wrote a seeking post. I had taken a deep dive after my marriage. I'd spent about four years exploring my interests and curiosities and kink. And in all of that time, I discovered that I really wasn't reaching what I was seeking, which was intimacy, relationship, and like a sex forward, kink forward relationship, right? It just wasn't available to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I was having really kinky sex with interesting women, I just felt empty. And so I hired a relationship coach and she helped me you know get my thoughts cogent and document them in a way that reflected what I was looking for and what was really interesting about that seeking post is when Lady Petra read it it was as if it was written to her like she Mm. had a epiphany around that yeah I I absolutely did I I it stopped me in my tracks I mean, I only got like a third, a third of the way through it and it stopped me on my track. So then I went back and said, okay, now read this. Cause I've been reading tons of profiles at this point and they've all been a din, but this one like already stood out. So I stopped myself, kind of regrouped and went back and read from the beginning with fresh eyes as if this is a real post. Like I really want to read this. Mm-hmm. And then I read it like 10 more times and I was like, 
so so now I'm like turned on. I, I want to meet this person. I don't know anything other than this one section of his profile. So then I start looking, curving all his pictures and his writing, and I realize he's um, has a submissive. And so then I'm like, okay, um, I'm still going to want to talk to this guy because if he's like this, that means there's other people like this. And maybe he can get me to someone that's like that, or he knows people or something. Like there's a reason I have to talk to this guy. And so I didn't, so I, so I already in my head had chucked off that this wouldn't be a dynamic, that it would just be a relatedness to try to learn more. Yeah. Fascinating. So I'm, I'm blown away. You guys are like a successful fat life connect. I've never, <laughs> I don't think I've came across anyone because I've used fat life as well. Lady Petra and felt your frustration. So I totally feel you there. <laughs> yeah. I've actually given it up. I mean, I deleted mine, gosh, a while ago because it was just so frustrating. Um, so you give me hope. You do give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> Systematic approach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that, that gives us how you guys met. Beautiful. Now, what about before each other? Because, um, one of you mentioned a marriage. I think both of you did. What was your life like before kind of your kink journey, specifically more so your your love and kink life before you guys connected? You know, my journey goes way back. Like I got kink aroused when I was a teenager and I didn't really get the world of it because I didn't connect the dots, but I was I grew up in South Africa and we were punished corporally in class with a cane in front of the classroom and the boys were punished on their ass and the girls were slapped on the head with a ruler and there was this girl who used to sit on my foot and sort of get herself all wet in class and wow. the teacher got wind of her you know wiggling about and he called her to the front of the room and she said I'm not gonna get um, slapped on the hand I want to be caned and, you know, none of the girls had ever been caned. And I'd been, you know, in, in that school that, by that time for in total 12 years, right? So this was, a, this was a brand new thing. And the teacher was a bit of a sadist. And so he said, okay, well, bend over. And he caned her hard. And she didn't make a sound. She just turned red. And then she came back. I had my foot still on her chair. And I pulled my foot down and she shook her head. And I left my foot there. And she sat on my foot and she had a big orgasm. The class thought she was crying, but um, wow. I, had a, I had, <laughs> yeah, I had a, like a heart on, you know, and I didn't really yeah. connect the dots, but, you know, as time passed, all of my curiosity around searching for sex involved kink at some level. And even after I got married, and I realized that my wife's interest in kink was nil, I still searched for kink. And so at different times through the course of my 30-year marriage, where she and I became further and further apart sexually, I searched for opportunities to explore kink a little bit here and a little bit there. Mm -hmm. And when we finally got divorced, I just took a deep dive. I knew that that's what I was. I feel like I'm hardwired a kinkster. I don't feel like it's a choice. Like I'm, I'm basically as 
It's like know. an orientation. Yeah, it's like I'm literally hardwired. I, I can't think about sex another way. But I also mm-hmm. learned that I needed to have this place filled in my soul for me to feel fulfilled as a human. And so I just took a deep dive, man. I went hardcore. And um, even in in light of that, I still found there was something besides sex that I needed. I needed the intimacy, the connection, the relatedness, the partnership, the um, you know collaboration. I needed all of that. And so that's how I came to creating that seeking post. Hmm. I love, love, love that you said it's not a choice that that hit me hard. I've never thought about my own kink that way. I love that staffer master. Um, How about you, Lady Petra? So my journey, we're very similar in that we were both in 30 year marriages that ended in Mm. divorce basically. And Mm. both of our marriages were loveless marriages. However, mine was much different than Saffer's. His might've been a, a sexless marriage too, to a certain extent. Mine was not. Mine was an abusive marriage with a narcissist. And I was highly sexed, like at least once a day. I mean, if not two or three times a day, I was a vessel, if you will, doing lots of kinky things, but completely disconnected from what I was really doing. Like I was always amazed going to parties with other married couples And I noticed the women would always joke about using sex as a tool to get things they want. Like, you know, I can get a car or I give him a blowjob on his birthday. And I was always like, what? This is what people really do? Because that's not what I do. (laughs) And um, I always thought it was manipulative and a a really poor way of using sex in a way. Um, And I just never connected with it. And then if you go way back, uh, unlike now where I have the language as a demisapiosexual, I didn't have that language when I was younger and they don't even teach great sexuality to young kids, period. They only teach the, you know, uh, straight sex, basically procreation sex, basically. Um, But they don't, you know, look at the nation right now. They're having controversies over books that talk about being gay. Um, Mm -hmm. So the idea is no one talked about demisapiosexual, but I felt it from a long time. And it wasn't that I was asexual. It's just that, I could definitely look across a room and see a boy or a young person and, go, and appreciate their beauty or their physique, but it didn't do anything more for me because usually as soon as they open their mouth, they sound like an idiot and I'm immediately turned off, like, like so turned off that they probably can't recoup it at that point. And so I remember wandering through my young life going, just can't there be someone interesting for once in my life? Can't there just be someone who actually has something powerful to say and they're, they're beautiful inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, so now of course I have that language and understand why I don't fit. I'm a very small percentage of the population, but for me, that's, what's interesting about fat life even is, you know, d- you get flashed a dick pic because there are people, I mean, I can appreciate a good dick pic, but it, but it has to do with when I request it, when mm-hmm. I want to see it, if I want to see it, but the flashing of it or the, here's my, um, here's who I am. If you notice my profile picture doesn't have any nudity. I mean, it's barely showing my belly. Um, there's a reason for that. Now, if you click my pictures, lots of nudity on there, but that's your choice to then click. I don't just assault you from the beginning. What I try to do is say, this is who I am. If you want to know more about me, come and look. Right. 
Yeah. Um, I'm very much an exhibitionist, um, but I'm an exhibitionist that doesn't necessarily get titillation off exhibition. I think exhibitionism for me is much more just a sexual um, beingness of who I am, that I'm, mm-hmm. there's no shame, like this is who I am. Um, and it relates more to that sexual acceptance of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the visual part was never a thing. It had to be this whole human that had similar ideas and they want to go places in their life and do these things. I wanted a partner in crime. And when I read Saffer's About, I was like, oh my God, this is the partner in crime. <laughs> I mean, it was that intense for me. Mm, yeah. So you got divorced and were you kind of like Saffer to where you were a wound up toy, just went hard into kink? Um, let's see. So when we, I was separated when we, you know, separated and moved out and that kind of thing. When we started, uh, our dynamic, um, because we needed to create no space between us. So I needed to be on the, you know, getting things done so that there was nothing in the way of us creating our dynamic. Um, Mm. I had done kinky things, maybe not a lot of masochism, although as a professional athlete, I, dealt with masochism in in my whole life. And as a professional coach, I deal with masochism and sadism all the time. And I didn't recognize that. I remember joking to athletes and to different people, oh yeah, I'm a sadist or, oh yeah, I'm a masochist when I be training. But it Mm -hmm. never connected with me as a kinkster until we started really diving deep into impact play. Um, We, I'd never had impact play. So we were I think you spanked me one time and I didn't like that so much. And then we, um, well, I was going to mark you cause I like my property marked. And so right. I was going to mark her yeah. with a cane mm-hmm. and that sort of opened a dialogue about impact play. And it really became an opportunity for her to investigate a part of herself. She had a concern when we first started that, I was just going to mark her the way I was going to mark her. And that's how it was going to be. But I had a different context, which was I got that she's a masochist. And what we need to discover is how masochism occurs to her and how to explore and stretch her as a masochist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you fast forward into our relationship, what happens when you have impact plays, there are all kinds of chemical changes that happen in the brain you know you get endorphins and you get you know oxytocin oxytocin, you get it all you get all this like beautiful brain chemistry that leaves you high and you know i'd mark her on the weekend and then monday tuesday wednesday she's in a great mood like really great you know Mm -hmm. and then thursday not as great and then by friday you know the old stories are coming back and you know, we mark again on the weekend. So I noticed that pattern for a few weeks. And I said to her at one point, you know, it's really interesting. This is the pattern I'm seeing. I think you need a daily maintenance spanking. And so we started that cycle. And it was in that cycle where we started to explore different implements and different techniques and different frequencies and different intensities. And it was all in the world of feedback. Like she would always say, I like this, I don't like that, right? This way, not that way. Which is totally counter to what, I mean, it's actually healthy, I think, but it's counter to what, quote, quote, the the kink world says. 
in the sense that I'm a submissive. I just got to take it from my dominant. And that isn't how we developed and created our dynamic. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the questions that came up really early before the impact really hit home was, I was trying to win the game at being the best sub. I'm extremely competitive athlete, so I was going to win the game. And how do you win the game? Well, then I need to be a slave because that's going to win the game. I'll be the best. The most submissive can be. You're right. And the problem was, is it was interesting. He posed a few questions to me about slave having no agency. And at first I wasn't quite getting it. And then he just said, and then he said some examples. And then it made me think. And I remember laying in bed one night because I had just talked to him. No, no, I'm you know, not just slavish. I'm actually a slave. This is what, and then I was like, wait a minute. If for whatever reason, I don't think he's going to do this, but what if he just decides that I'm going to be a footstool forever? (laughs) Uh, Am I okay being a footstool? Like not used ever become an asexual being, you know? And I said, I thought, no, I want, I have a voice. I want to say things. And so we talked about it. And I said, well, I feel like I'm, you know, mate, this is what I understand submission to be. And this is, and he's like, no, everything's consent. We have agreements. It's consent. And once it clicked for me, I was like, oh, well, yeah. So now during impact play, I'm going to give you feedback of what works. Because if I give him the feedback that helps us orient our play better, we -hmm. get to dive deeper down the rabbit hole. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the key thing. That's the beauty of it. Is that we made an agreement at the beginning to jump into the rabbit hole together and explore our sex lives unreservedly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we set a few parameters, like there's nothing wrong. That's one of the parameters we set. So if something happens and you don't like it, you don't have to worry, like, am I going to have a thought about that? Because there's nothing wrong. I just don't Mm -hmm. like it. Right. Yeah. And we, we talked about being responsible in our dynamic and responsible for our dynamic. And we spent a lot of time talking about creating our relationship together. Mm-hmm. Like we live a created life. Like we've created this life. We live this life and we get to create it newly every day because there is no other day. Like this is the only day. There's no That's other the interesting thing. Like with all the typical things we do to create each other, like I write him a love note every morning and leave it for him because I leave God awful early in the morning. But it's not that I write him a note because I've been doing it for five years. I write him a note because today is the day I'm living with him. And this is the day I create him because this is the only day that exists is right now. The past doesn't exist. The future hasn't happened. I could be walking in front of a bus today and not come home. The reality is it's right now. So how am I going to create him in the moment today? And then we continue to do that. Every day we bookend our day with that. And then the end of the day, we do a kind of a uh, coupling gratitude practice. and a gratitude practice At to reflect on our day Yeah, in bed usually. Yeah. So, so this whole notion, you know, we're, we're taking relationship to a new level because it's relationship with sex forward, king forward context. And intentional. Mm-hmm. And it's very intentional. Yeah. And so it's kind of incredible actually. So a lot of my audience that listen to my podcasts are um, kinksters that experience kink from home alone. And so I, I found that with my audience, you know, this is this podcast and other things that they utilize are ways for them to explore. So um, explain 
you know, I'll use the Reddit uh, or the subreddit, explain it like I'm five. Um, explain it like we're five. What is a total power exchange? It's a great question. You know, all kink dynamics are power exchange relationships, right? One person gives their power to another. That's just the nature of kink. Like if you're tied up being spanked, the spanker has the power. Mm-hmm. So in a total power exchange, there's a conversation about who is dominant and who is submissive. Now, dominance and submission relates to sexuality. It doesn't relate necessarily to other things, right? Mm-hmm. So she's not my servant. She's my submissive. She's not my slave. She's my submissive. So the power exchange is in the world of sexuality. And I'll say to her, I'm excited for you to get home to be used. And so she knows she's going to be used today. And because I'm her dominant and because we're sex forward and kink forward, she doesn't make a bunch of noise about that. She just comes home and gets prepared to get used. And then we have a scene and then we debrief. And in that debriefing, we normally have a cocktail. That's how the podcast got started. (laughs) And we make adjustments based on our experience together. Because we're on the journey together. We talk about being sex explorers because that's what we are. The the conversations we have post-scene and because we're committed to responsibility of, of the health of the dynamic our conversations when we're speaking our truths to each other have real meaning and impact to how we're going to play the next time on both sides mm-hmm. of the slash. One of the things about power exchange too is I've come to realize, you know, traditionally you'll say, Oh, the dominant's the one in power. Okay. But the dominant's only in power unless the submissive gifts her power mm-hmm. or his power, or whoever to the dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, the real power is a submissive because it's real easy just to say, no, not going to do that. And immediately there's no power. Yeah. The power's with the submissive at that point. Right. And so, so, it's so so it's a relationship and it has to be something you intentionally want and you have to create it all the time. You can't just kind of create it and say, Mm -hmm. Oh, but he left his socks on the floor. That really pisses me off. You're, you're either in it or you're not in it. Mm Mm-hmm. I always, uh, especially in my kind of switch into being more dominant, I realized um, it's kind of like, you know, when you're setting up a playground together, but the submissive really has all the power to say, this is what the playground looks like. And then the dominant is going to play within that playground. And I also realized how, surfacing almost doming feels it's it's doing what that submissive would want you know um if that makes sense so i totally you're describing you're describing the conundrum which is that sometimes submissives top from the bottom yes sometimes Mm -hmm. they do and sometimes tops are service tops and that's also Mm -hmm. true yes And that's not what this is. This is a different experience. This is an experience where... because I was claimed. Well, you you were claimed. We'll talk about that too. But 
this is an experience where I know her limits, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Her hard limits, like I know them, I share them. We have the same hard limits, right? Mm -hmm. But separately, I monitor her as the dominant in a scene with her very closely so that I'm responsive to who she's being in the moment because I'm responsible for her well-being and Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, my interest is in having her like serve me tomorrow. So I want to be take care of her. Mm-hmm. But right? also like when you say you're going to use me, I don't say, what are we going to do? Or no anal today. I don't, none of that's on the table. If it's not one of our limits, anything can be on the table. Mm-hmm. It's when we're in the scene that as he's going through as a responsible dominant, he has to understand that he may have wanted to go from zero to 60 on intensity, let's say, but maybe that day I'm having a reaction I'm not necessarily saying no, because I don't think I've read it out, you know, not once, but he's responsible. So he reads me and he makes a responsible choice to turn the scene in a different direction. But, but again, I get to a scene and I'm not, I mean, I can assume I know what's going to happen. I'm going to have lots of orgasms and I'm going to be submissive, but I don't really know what's going to happen. You know, one of the advantages of having a relationship in this realm is that we've gotten to explore sexuality together in a very powerful way. And the impact of that is that we've taken on kind of like the um, greatest hits of our sexual experience together. And we've combined them all together in like the, the, the best of album every day. Right. So we have a sequence, looks like a dance that we do together where we start with hypno kink She's been trained to have a mouthgasm. We progress from hypno kink into, you know, impact play, anal, whatever. We do a, she's been growing her clit. So we've been doing a bunch of clitification and clit oriented orgasms and on and on. And we just have an experience that has created energetic sexual connection, which wasn't available to either of us. We didn't set out to create it. We didn't even know about it. We didn't even know about it. But when we talk to others, they tell us, oh, you're having a Kundalini awakening or you're having a Shakti experience or something. And it's all interesting to us because our pursuit of kink is to get to a place of sexual nirvana. That's our intention. And the um, it was described to us by um, the author of The Ethical Slut. The way she put it was, it's kind of like you're in a, there are, there's a pyramid and the, the point of the pyramid is to get to the top of the pyramid. And one side of the pyramid is um, tantric sex. And one side of the pyramid is kinky sex. And one side of the pyramid is meditation and yoga. But they're all trying to get to the same place, which is to experience a form of euphoria, euphoria that comes from energetic connection. And honestly, that was completely unexpected. And so we got there sort of by accident. But it's amazing. Like we have we keep getting this is the weird thing, and I, I know it sounds, you know, glib, but the idea is we get done with the scene and we're like, you know, wa- it's washed over us. We're having a cocktail, we're talking in that aftercare mode, and we're like, that was the best, best ever, ever. The best, yeah. oh, everything mm-hmm. was the best. And then we do it again the next day and we go, Oh my god, we topped it. That's even that's bet the best ever. And it just keeps happening. Yeah. And I think the access for that is obviously we're evolving as sexual creatures. But I also think because we create each day newly as its own day, we take the joy 
and the happiness and, and euphoria that we're experiencing that day. And it is the best day because that's the only day that exists. And for us, it feels like that. It's like, it can't get any better. It just can't. Well, one of the things that we noticed is that being present when you're kinky makes kink work. And if you're not present, you can't really experience the kink the way it's supposed to occur. And what do so, you mean by present? So that's a great question. So um, Lady Petra will describe the sex she was having with her uh, misogynistic um, Ex. ex-husband where she was getting fucked, but at the same time, doing the laundry list, checking off her chopping list, getting her to-dos in her head. Like Thinking her about head. what I'm going to do after. <laughs> yeah, her yeah. head wasn't where her pussy was, right? Right, and, right. And the thing is, when you're present, when you're actually present, when you got no distractions, when you got nothing in the and, way- And this includes there's... not being like, let's say, oh, he didn't use enough lube when he did anal- and you're ma- and so you're having anal, and then you're, you're saying to yourself, anal. "There's right. not enough lube." When, when in fact, the easiest thing would be to say, "Can you put more lube on?" Yeah. And then that thought is gone, and you're back present. But what people do is they don't because they want to look good and they want to appear like they're a sexual monster, and so they just endure. Well, mm. when they're enduring, they're it, not actually they're not present. present, right? Mm-hmm. So being present just means there's nothing in the way. There's no space. There's no um, yeah buts or considerations or other thought processes occurring. You're not making meaning. You're not, you know, inside your head with a bunch of stories. You're just present. And when you're present, kink can take you on a journey that nothing else I've experienced can. Not even drugs. It's the closest thing we get to like peak performance in athletics. Yeah. Where you just get that hyper awareness. You're in the zone. You're in the zone. They talk about it in the lead athletes always talking about it. I've experienced it twice. And yes, it is. What's great and the reason it's addictive and as a masochist, this is why I keep coming back is because, you know, I'm getting older. So running is not the same level it was and doesn't produce the same zone effect. But But now kink does. And it, and I have access to it every day. Yeah. So how do you tap into that? Like, let's say that someone wants to be more present in their kink. How do you clear that mind? Is there anything you guys do to prepare for that or just kind of a mental switch? And you have to live it. You can't just do it only in kink. It's not a one-off thing. You have to make a choice to confront the stories that you have. Like all of us live inside of stories. We have stories about everything. We make up stories all the time. And we do that just because we're human. That's just the nature of being human. And you have to like really make an effort to not let those stories run your life. You know, Buddhists meditate all the time, you know. Um, One of the things do, I think you that would be helpful yeah. for her listeners too is in our course that we teach, um, how we use the example of making meaning of something. So for example, you've asked your partner to take out the trash and you went to work and came back and the trash is still there. And you think, you know, quietly in your head, you think, what an asshole. He doesn't consider me important. I asked him this one thing he did, right? You're, you just now made a whole bunch of meaning about the trash not being dumped and none of it's true. It's absolutely made up. You may feel really strongly that it's because he doesn't care about you. That's why he didn't dump the trash, but really you're just making it up. 
When in fact, if you just went to the person and said, hey, I asked you the trash, but you didn't take it out. Oh yeah, well this dog got run over by a car and I had to take it to the vet and I never got a chance, right? Immediately your context changes because now you're like, oh my God, what a fool I am. But that's mm-hmm. because as humans, what we do, because we want to understand the world and our environment, it's a survival kind of uh, reaction. We make meaning out of everything. And we really just make things up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm hearing um, a lot of mindfulness. And, exactly. Uh, and, you know, the Buddhist thing, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know where I heard this, but anyways, it was, you know, just try washing the dishes and only think about washing the dishes. And right. That, that's, that was difficult to do naturally. Yeah. We I, give people a drill to eat a raisin. Yeah. And eat a raisin like you've never seen a raisin before. Mm. Get the taste, the texture, the mouthfeel, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it smells. Like eat a raisin like you've never had a raisin before and you'll you'll experience being mindful. And if you do mm. everything in life like that. Oh my God, it makes the life technicolor. Yeah. And it is a skill. It's a learned skill and it gets, I didn't think it would. I thought I would always have to work at this, but now we're like five years in. And it is a natural reaction for me to be. Now, sometimes, because I'm all, we're all human and we're fallible, my story will come up anyway, because we never get rid of our story. We only get to quiet it or recognize it earlier and then dismiss it. Mm-hmm. But generally, I'm just here, like a being just in this room talking to you on the pod. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I think it's super crucial in the in the kind of way we live. There's so much happening around us. So I think this is fabulous. Um, it's got me thinking. Yeah. Yay. yeah. Um, so to switch just a little bit, can you tell me, Lady Petra, as a submissive, what do you gain from being in that power dynamic? What do you gain from being submissive to Sapphire Master? So it's my love language. I think um, I knew this early on that my professional life, I'm extremely dominant. Um, And for me to be able to submit to my chosen one in my private life is super liberating and powerful for me. I actually feel powerful as a submissive. Mm -hmm. And I in my love languages service is to do for others. Like I enjoy, you know, because I get up so early leaving him a love note and making his coffee. And so when he wakes up, the house is clean. He wakes up to an environment where he's, the universe is open to him to be creative and to be his best self, even if I'm not technically present, but he sees me in all the things that are in the way I've served him before I even, before he even woke up. And there's something just so wonderful about that. It's, it's, uh, you know, for anyone that's had children, it's, it's like making your kids lunch for school when they're younger. And then you place a note in -hmm. their lunch and you're not there when you read, but you know, when they read it, they're going to light up and it's going to be just something in their day that maybe they needed because they got beat up on the playground or whatever happened. Right. That's the thing. I think having that kind of impact to someone's life, especially if you care about them, is so rewarding. It makes life worth living. 
And you also got like an incredible sexual experience. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course that. But but she's talking about actual submission and yeah. why that is. Why that is. I mean, I could have incredible sex as a dominant too. It's true. But the idea is, the actual part of service, which is my root, mm. is my love language. Mm. And same question to you, Sapper Master. Are you asking me to talk to submission or to dominance? Dominance. Yeah. What do you gain dominance. from? Okay. Yeah, being her dominant. Yeah, this is an interesting question because as a sexual creature, as a male sexual creature, I've really just had my pick of the litter, as it were, through the course of my life. And so I've only ever been trained to get what I want sexually, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so what being a dominant in a sexual paradigm does is it gives me access to the sex that I want to have in the way that I want to have it whenever I want it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because my, my love language is physical. I, I want that physical connection with lady Petra. She and I, you know, fit sexually. It's amazing the way that we actually like light each other up. And so what it's created, it, you know, I don't know. We've had sex 1,500 times in the last four years. I don't know. Like a lot, right? And it's been the most incredible, aroused, erotic, naughty, sexy, (laughs) fun, like, time. And I've gotten to create a partner as my submissive who literally is my perfect submissive. So I have my perfect sex partner with me every day. You guys make me smile. I I, I want to add too, and I, without stepping on your toes on this, but yeah. I think also um, because the way I'm wired, you had to connect with me emotionally and and in my head right. for me to say yes, you'll do yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're a highly sexed creature. I am too, but it has to be the right person, right? right. But you're highly you you need the high high drive of sex, okay? But what I think is great is because we are so aligned. And we, and you get that now, like, there's not a doubt. You don't have to worry about it's not going to happen. Right. Right. It has opened up your world on all your other experience of yourself as a sexual creature, a male in society, as a living human to actually get the fullness of life in relationship, because you're not pining or worried that you, am I going to get sex? Am I going to get sex? That's exactly right. I think Mm -hmm. that this experience has created a wholeness of my journey in life through relationship. Like I didn't know what was possible in relationship until I I met you. Right. And I didn't know even when I met you, what was possible, but what we've created has given us a full spectrum of relationships. I like to say that before I met you, life was in black and white Mm. and now I'm living in technicolor. Yeah. Oh, Seriously, you guys just make my heart just swell. That that's amazing. <laughs> so that's beautiful. So beautiful. And I will say this not to date us, but we're not, you know, young birds. Yeah. We came to this later in life. So people tell me all the time, oh, I can't find this or I can't do this, or you know, I hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think, no, you can, but you have to be intentional. 
and mm-hmm. systematic and you have to go get it. Yeah. You have to go find yeah. it. It's, it's work. It's not like it's going to just drop in your lap. But when you find it, you know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late. I'm more sexualized now than I've been in my whole life. There's, mm-hmm. I would never want to go back to my 20s, ever, like ever. <laughs> because this, I have the knowledge now. I have the experience. I, ha- I know how to get off. And I know how to get him off. And that and that's what matters. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you guys are just unlocking so many kink levels. Yeah. Know? yeah. We, we talk about that. We level we up do. all we the time. We level up. Yes. yes. <laughs> now, do you guys have a sexual bucket list at hmm. this point? I don't know. I don't know if we have a bucket list you like know, we're checking things off, but we keep evolving like it's, it's through conversations it's an interesting question you know if you had asked me that say the year before i met her i would have given you a list of things i want right but because we're exploring together and we're in a rabbit hole a bucket list suggests you have a target to get to like a place to go mm-hmm. and what we're doing is we're exploring you know she described us as sex explorers we actually just take the twists and turns we encounter and and explore them to their fullest as far as we're concerned. And mm-hmm. the, that way of being has created discoveries of things that we didn't know were accessible. Like HypnoKink came yeah. along through a conversation on a pod and we really worked at it for about six months, six yeah. months until we could perfect it. Mm-hmm. But we had to be all in and we had to do it daily. We really had to be committed to that little piece and now we have access to mouthgasms, which is like, uh, I say it now, but it's really, truly unbelievable. But yeah, it I is. I stick my cock down her throat and she has an orgasm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What does that feel like, Lady Petra? Like a great orgasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. It's, 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 just, uh, yeah, it, it's an orgasm like any other orgasm. It's, mm. um, you know, we, we, She's a three-hole we do, slut, we right? do, um, <laughs> we did, uh, development on that training, you know, so we very systematic. We started with, uh, Hitachi. I would vibe while I was wait in Nandu pose waiting for him to appear before our scene. And then he would, you know, Put his cock down my throat and, and give you a keyword and give me a keyword because we we're working on the hypno kink part. And but I'd still have the Tachi attached, and then I would orgasm with that, right? Because I was basically mm. what was happening in the training is edging up into the point he came in there, and then I would react. But it's like a Pavlov's dog, it's a behavior modification. So mm-hmm. pretty soon we got rid of the Hitachi and I did just uh, finger masturbation, right? Same kind of thing. And then pretty soon I would just do finger masturbation. But then when he would appear, my hands would pull away and then he'd come forward, you know, and we, and we talk about this because we're both in to trying to make it happen. Like we're trying to see if it can really happen. And, and then it did. Yeah. So that's the thing. There's, There's no real bucket list. It's really just an exploration. Yeah. I love it. Um, now, if there's couples out there that do, you know, classify themselves as kinky, how do they get to that? How do they level up? <laughs> how do they get question. to that that's point? That's a great question. <laughs> where that's, that's it's a, just more intense. No, that's a really great question. And see what we've done, like we've thought about this a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So we created a 90 day training 
to help kinksters get present to who they are. So like if you're a couple, you would ideally take this course together, together, but well, separately. but separately because you're each two separate sexual creatures. Right. And you have to, you have to really get present to who you are as a sexual creature before you can actually ask for what you want. If you don't know who you are, you can't ask for what you want. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've created a 90 day program with questions that challenge you to dig deeply into your motivations. And it's, you know, most of it is questions that are reflective or in that mode. And then a few of them are to do tasks just because we're kinksters. And and sometimes there's some benefit to doing a kinky type task in reflection, but Mm -hmm. most of it is a self inquiry. And, and we have people right now, like at around 60 days right now, we've, I mean, we have people that have gone through the whole course, but right now we're engaged with a bunch of people who are at 30 and 60 days. And it's interesting because we know how they came into the program, what they were complaining about or saying about their experience and where they are now is like, it's, not, it's, not it's transformative. Like yeah. someone who couldn't uh, literally told us could not post a nude picture of themselves oh, um, yeah. to now is doing whatever she wants to express herself. And it's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah. because it's so freeing. And mm-hmm. and I think she often forgets how far she's progressed. We have to remind her like, yeah, you're really taking a huge mm-hmm. leap here. Yeah. What people mm-hmm. forget is that what, kink is is really just a Mm self-expression and for most people their self-expression is constrained by the stories they have about their experiences through life well most people are inauthentic they're trying to look good so they'll put on a role and say oh in my head this is what a submissive submissive should do and look like and act like and then they go through that role play what we're doing is much different. And I don't, I'm not bashing on role players, but we're living, this is a lifestyle. Like I don't turn off or on the submissive dominant switch. They just exist for me. Yeah. So to level up, you really have to be a completely authentic. B, you have to know who you are as a sexual creature and C, you have to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. And be with the right partner. Ultimately, because a lot yeah, of people yeah. I notice in the kink world settle. Like I so, I'm a mask because I so need to be, have impact. Oh, but this person will do for the moment. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You can go that route. You can get your quick fix. However, you're just holding off until you find the right connection with whoever that is to Mm. actually go on that journey together. And it's much different when you look at your sexuality versus what am I getting out of it or what are we getting out of it? Right. And so I don't forget to ask, where where would people find that course? On Fact Life. They can go okay. to Lady Petra's um, profile, which is Lady underscore Petra. Okay. They can send and, me a message and it's called Task a Day Coaching. Yeah. Or they can just email us. I'm at Safframaster at Gmail and she's Lady Petra Playground at gmail.com. Okay. They can send an email and we're happy to interact with them around that. Yes. They are very easy to communicate with. <laughs> Um, now how about this question? If a single person is looking for potential play partners in the kinky world, what would be your tips, advice, suggestions? 
a single person is looking for play partners in the kinky universe, they need to learn how to vet their play partners. Before they even look. Before they even look. They need to understand who they're looking for. Again, what they want and, and how to ask for it. But they need to understand that negotiations in kink happen before you play. Yeah, so and you don't so, go try to go play the same day you first meet. Yeah. You really mm-hmm. should have conversations before and, then. And you should know what your hard limits are, and you should know what your soft limits are, and you should know what you're open to trying and what you're not open to trying with that particular person. Yeah, because that could change from partner to partner. Yeah, and you, you literally have to be somebody with the confidence to say no, because mm-hmm. there are all kinds of red flags that <sighs> people have, Yeah, and they may be subtle, like they may not... They may not be obvious. They may try and persuade you to play tonight, or they may try and like talk you into something like anal that you didn't want to. Do, well, that's right? the difference between domineering and dominance. Yeah, you got to differentiate between those two things for sure. And the point is that you you literally have to be in communication, but you have to like think in the context of vetting a partner to get naked with. I think munches are a good. Uh, place to start to just meet the greater kink community in your general area yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because i know i wouldn't i i had planned if the fet life was going to fall apart i was going to plan to use fet life as a place to find the munches mm-hmm. but i also knew yeah i'm probably not going to hook up with someone at a munch but i'll learn things about the community mm-hmm that's a good question um, that I wanted to ask you guys was, do you guys participate in your local uh, BDSM community as a couple? Well, that's a great question. So we met and we sort of got connected and then COVID happened. And then like all mm. the connections in community just sort of disappeared. So we created a community through our podcast mm-hmm. Um and then we teach at DomCon. So we go to like the DomCons. LA or NOLA. Yeah. We've been talking about going to munches locally and we've started doing some research because we've brought a new sex toy to the United States from Germany called the Slub, S-L-U-B-B. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only way to really get the word out is to show and tell. So we're probably going to go visit munches locally to share the Slub with them. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Now... This is the fascinating part to me is you guys are switches and in your current relationship that you've explained to us, how do you balance that? It's a great question. It is a great question. So what happened was I got kind of obsessed with click growth. That was my, you know, like, Recent turn in the rabbit hole. Cause celeb, right? I wanted her clit to grow. So, you know, she happened to, we started doing some clit training like early on. And then she had to go away for business. And while she was gone, I got deeply into big clit porn. (laughs) And when she came back, I had a conversation with her about growing her clit. And so we, we began that journey. Now that coincidentally occurred the same time as we got food poisoning. Oh, yeah. And we were stuck in bed for like a week. Like I'm talking like, like we got the shit kicked out of us Goodness. and we were stuck in bed for a week and we were both like horny cause we hadn't fucked for a week. And 
and I was laying in bed and I just wanted to like get off and she was like yeah me too and I'm like well just sit on my face and so she just sits on my face and she basically transformed sex for me because what happened was there was this moment of realization that this sexy powerful like woman was fucking my face and I was like Mm -hmm. man this is hot and I just like shot a load I was like oh my god so that started a conversation now to be clear in all the time I've known her we've been dancing on the edge of femdomness with some aspect of her experience and and she's been curious and we've talked about it and it's come up in different ways so I said to her look you need to explore this sexual identity that you have that you've not explored. You need to explore yourself as a dominant female, as a femdom. And if you want to do that, I'll just be your toy. I'll just be that person for you to play with. And that started a journey. That very has, careful and slow. Very careful and slow. Because we had a lot of conversations about, again, meaning of what these things mean. And we kept bringing it back to the no meaning and just this is what's so. And as mm. we went along, we got more and more comfortable with it. Like we had a real problem. We tried it many different ways. Like, should we in the middle of a scene switch to the other roles? And we tried that and that didn't work. (laughs) And then we thought, well, we were just submissive and dominant yesterday, but today we're going to become dominant just because we say it. And it was okay. It was a little better, but it was awkward and it just didn't. So what we've refined it to recently is sexuality is an ebb and flow. Like you have hormone cycles and different things that lead you in directions. Plus there's life that's happening around you. And you have a sense of yourself of whether you feel dominant or submissive or you have a need. And so we check in in the mornings with each other, basically like, is my mistress here today? Or is, you know, are you feeling, you know, there's usually a question back and forth and we've agreed that we will just take a self check and decide, yes, that's what we're going to do that day. And we've layered into that, that it's about a three week cycle, right? So I'm dominant this week. We transition for a week, then you're dominant that week, then we transition for a week. So it's kind of like that cycle and there's nothing wrong and there's nothing to, there's nowhere to get, there's no way to go. All I know is really hot. It's just so like I like 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 I said to you earlier. Like I've lived my whole life as a very dominant dude. Like I'm the captain of everything. I'm the prefect. I'm the you know the the owner. I'm the chairman. I'm you know the board director. Like all of it, right? My whole mm-hmm. life. But the way I feel when she's dominating me and I'm serving her as her submissive is incredibly intoxicating it's incredibly and it's interesting we've got to a point where i don't uh how do i say this right it's going to come out wrong but (laughs) it gets the vibe i don't think less of him when he's submissive even though he's my dominant like right all i feel like is this is a sexual creature who is getting off on how fucking sexy i am right now and that Mm. is a fucking turn off okay all right yeah so Mm. um what I discovered, which is actually incredibly surprising to me, and I still don't quite understand the ideology, ideology of it, is that the way she treats me as a dominant leaves me feeling like a sissy slut. It just does. Mm. And I just find that so erotic. Mm. It's so hot. So, you know, 
I'm exploring this whole new world that I've never lived in. And she's exploring this whole new world that she's never lived in. And it's just a continuation of our journey to explore sexuality completely. And then when we go back to our, you know, our, our, base, our, base, our, base, dynamic. our base dynamic, yeah. it's seamless. It's because we know the recipe, like it's fantastic. So it's not like we get done and go, ah, oh, it wasn't as good this time. No, it's like freaking amazing. <laughs> so it's just, be- and I think it's more to the point is that we are allowing each other the space to be the full sexual creatures we are without shame or judgment. We're just on the journey together saying, oh, you want to try that? Yeah, let's try that. Let's just do that. Well, I told her at the beginning that I was a stab her full self-expression. And that includes if she turns into a, like, you know, kinky dominant. Like, that's a self-expression she has. Mm-hmm. So I need to support that because she's my partner and I don't actually need to support it without, you know, supporting it because I'm discovering I'm completely submissive to her in that realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. And well, yeah, that that's really cool. You guys are like truly, I mean, even further proof, you're set. What it was, what did you call it? Sex, sex, sex explorers. explorers. Yeah. explorers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it sounds, thing. it sounds like this switch was kind of recent. It is. Yeah. We started, Refreshed. we started goofing around with uh, femdom play in July of last year. And we didn't really get into it till like August, like August, yeah. September. And, and then it's it was really, intermittent. And then it's been like, it's been sort of, you know, stop and go, stop and go. But more recently, it's been more sort of full on. I think yeah. we've made an agreement that, you know, we're going to talk about where we are. Like I could feel really dummy, but he could be feeling another way. And that we'll just read each other enough to yin yang. Because in the end, we're both winning anyway. Because oh, right. the beauty of it is we're switches. So it's not like we lose, like, oh, darn, I can't be dominant today. Right. It's not like, no, darn. It's just like, oh, I get to be something else today or yeah, whatever. We're not really keeping score. And so it frees us to go with what kind of like the natural rhythm of your own sexuality or your own life mm-hmm. and how it affects you and where you feel you are mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. your sexuality, which is really like a freedom I don't think few people have access to. Yeah. Well, and... It sounds like, Lady Petra, you had a really good example to kind of follow in terms of doming. Yeah, but I do think I'm a totally different dominant than Zephyr. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll I do. Say. And you have to realize I'm completely dominant professionally. So, like, dominance yeah. is not a question at any level. I mean, mm. I've... It's, yeah. not, it's not a new language. It's, it's just not a ex- language. I just needed to convert it. I just had never put it into my sexuality. just never had. Hmm. Yeah. Now your podcast, the kinky cocktail hour, you kind of hit on that, that you guys started it because you had kind of, you know, met together. Sex cocktails. Yes. (laughs) And that's what kind of birthed the podcast there. Yeah. Cause we would talk, you know, we would have these really great, fascinating conversations, intense conversations about kink, about relationship, about, being human, about transformation, about alignment, about, you know, being responsible, about nothing wrong, like all these topics would come up. And we were just beginning to form a relationship together. But these conversations were really profound and interesting. And 
performative, you know, and liquid gold is what we said. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. one day we just thought, you know, we want to put our iPhone between us and just record these things. For just for posterity's sake, just great. so we have them. Yeah. Cause this, cause mm. we're going to change. We knew at that early point, we're going to evolve and we won't remember this young kinkster here. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, she would make a cocktail. We would sit and talk and we'd have a, our iPhone between us and our first maybe 30 or 40 episodes took place on our iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, and then only later did we like, go, oh, we should probably get like a microphone. It's interesting <laughs> if people actually start, because we have like almost 700 pods or something. Yeah, we have 700 episodes just if, about. If people actually go to the beginning, which is a huge arduous task, but we do have it's quite commitment. a bit of commitment out of followers. They actually get to hear our dynamic evolve over time because that's what we talk about. We talk about currently what's happening in our dynamic, what we're considering, how did the impact play happen today? Um, Of course, we document that on FetLife as well. But the idea is it's really it's it's amazing because I go back and listen occasionally to those early ones. And I'm like, who is she? I don't even know who she is. (laughs) The yeah. podcast is an inquiry, right? It's it's an inquiry about kink and sexuality. The purpose of the pod is to demystify sex and kink. Mm-hmm. And so we have guests like you you came on and you talked about your experience as a sexual creature and we take something from that. Yep. And we incorporate that into our lives. Requitor. And it just goes it just that's just how it goes. It's right? amazing because all these kinksters are all there. So yeah. we're having these conversations that evolve our own sexuality in the most delicious ways. And all we're doing is a podcast. Yeah. Right. And having conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we believe that life occurs in language, right? And so in the same way that a mathematician speaks a different language than a lawyer, sexuality has its own language and we want to learn that language. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's different. I've heard some pods that are all, all do, and no disrespect to them, but they deal with like the nitty gritty, like I first put my penis in her ass and then I stroked it five times in there. And they're giving a play-by-play. Yeah. But we're actually talking to lifestyle kinksters about, yes, the scene, but it's more than that. There's so much more there because it's a power dynamic. What we're really sharing is the power exchange that's happening. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. One of the things we've gotten out of all those conversations we've had, and you're an example of this, the people who are the happiest in life we've discovered are the people who are their authentic self-expression as sexual creatures. So the more aligned you are with your actual sexual self-expression, the happier you tend to be. And, you know, we don't get to be happy in life unless we're fully self-expressed. So, you know, it's an opportunity for us as kinksters to discover the deepest recesses of our self-expression. Mm. I love that because that's a, that's a theme I love to talk about on my podcast is um, I, I've talked to a lot of guys that feel a lot of shame yeah. uh, oh, with yeah. their sexuality yeah. and yeah. that makes me so sad. You know, yeah. we, I've never looked at the, like, and I've come to some crazy shit, you know, yeah. um, but I've always just kind of thought that, well, that was hot and weird, but it was hot, you know, like just kind of moved on. I've yeah. never had that block you know so so much of human um the human experience is about shame so much of it mm. and even self-imposed shame it's all self-imposed yeah it's all self-imposed well i get that but you know how society has its own criteria sure so. but i mean if if you're if if what you desire like we talked to a guy who um is married and 
in his marriage, his wife isn't interested in supporting his kink. But what his kink is, is to get kicked in the balls. That's what he wants. He mm-hmm. wants to be ball busted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took him years, but eventually what he did was he got an agreement from his wife to go see a pro dog and he got ball busted. And he mm-hmm. said it was like the most mind-blowing mind experience. You know, it was the first time he had let go of that shame to be able to ask somebody to do what he needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no reason to be stuck in shame because sex happens in your head and all your stories are in your head. So you got to get the stories out of the way so you can mm-hmm. have the sex you want to have. Well, and we're not getting off this dirt ball. No, this is We're it. here for a limited <laughs> amount of time, and we don't even know how long that is. There's no guarantees. Yeah. So the idea is live live now to the fullest. That's yeah. that's all you have. Mm-hmm. Let that freak flag fly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. So where can people follow you uh, online? Okay, well... We're 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 all over Fat Life, Safra Master and Lady Underscore Petra. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is available on every podcast platform. The directories, yeah. The directories there. Slub dash USA.com is this new male masturbator. It's a really great tool. You should totally have one. And on um, Twitter. On Twitter, I'm Master <laughs> 206 Saffer. And your LLP, P, like Lady Petra, Petra Playground. Playground, but LLP. LLP, yeah, yeah, LP Playground, LP Playground, right? Yeah. So those are the places we are. And then, of course, if you go to our Fet Life, I think I have a link tree on there with all the other like Facebook and all Instagram and all that. Yeah, and Beautiful. then there's LadyPetraPlayground.com as well. Wonderful, and I'm gonna get some links from you guys um, later to put in the description, but. Sure. Um, Thank you so much for coming on, you guys. Our pleasure. I, you're such a smart and I'll use mindful and just beautiful couple. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Sharing <laughs> yourselves. Yeah. High praise. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to my episode with Saffir Master and Lady Petra. I really hope you're enjoying the slut next door. Follow me on Twitter at slut underscore next underscore door. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.